And so, again, we're in week three of our vision series. And I know that uh, I don't think that we have really made it clear, but this um, first part of the year, we're really focusing on pace, like the, it's pace to become. And so this first six months, we're focusing on pace, and then we're going to come back and we're going to really dive into the become part. But this first week, and especially this first month, we're focusing on pace, because like I shared with y'all at the beginning, uh, the first uh, week of January that I truly believe that if we're going to be able to live this life, if we're going to be able to get everything God has for us, if we're going to be able to become all that God has for us to become, then it's going to require that we get and we stay intentional with the pace that he has for our lives. And so in week three, uh, we're going to be looking in the book of Joshua, and we're going to be looking in the book of Joshua chapter six. Um, and before we jump into that, I want to remind us of what this definition of pace is. What is the definition of pace? And it's two uh, definitions I want to put back out there. I gave us three the first week, but I want to I want to really focus on two of them. And the first one is a rate or rhythm of movement. That that the first definition of pace is, is a rate or rhythm of movement, and then the second definition is a rate of progress that the word pace the two definitions we're going to remember we're going to write down is the first one is a rate or rhythm of movement and then the second one it is a rate of progress and so let's read joshua 6 and and let's see what we get out of this and so starting at the first verse it says now Jericho, a fortified city with high walls, was tightly closed because of the people's fear of the sons of Israel. No one went out or came in. The Lord said to Joshua, see how I've given Jericho into your hand and with its king and the mighty warriors. Now you shall march around the city, all the men of war, circling the city once. You shall do this once each day for six days days verse 4 it says also seven priests shall carry seven trumpets made of ram horns ahead of the ark then on the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times and the priests shall blow the trumpets um, and when they make a long blast with the ram's horns and when you hear the sound of the trumpet all the people shall shout shall cry out with a great shout or battle cry and the wall of the city will fall down in its place and the people shall go up, each man going straight ahead, climbing over the rubble. Now, so Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, take up the Ark of the Covenant and have seven priests carry even carry seven trumpets made of ram's horns ahead of the Ark of the Lord. Uh, verse seven, he says, he said to the people, go forth, march around the city and let the armed men go ahead of the Ark of the Lord. And it was so. That when Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets made of ram's horns went on before the Lord and blew the trumpets. Then the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord went behind them. The armed men went in front of the priests who blew the trumpets and the rear guard came after the Ark while the priests continued to blow the trumpets. But Joshua commanded to the people, you shall not shout the battle cry, nor let your voice be heard, nor let a word come out of your mouth. Until the day I tell you to shout, then you shall shout, 
So Joshua had the ark of the Lord taken around the city on the first day, circling it once. Then they came back into the camp and spent the night in the camp. Verse 12, it says, then Joshua got up early in the morning on the second day, and the priest took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets made the ram's horn ahead of the ark of the Lord went on continually, blowing the trumpets, and the armed men went out ahead of them, and the rear guard came after the ark of the Lord, while the priests continued to blow the trumpets. On the second day, they marched around the city once, and they returned to the camp. Then they did this for six days. Then on the seventh day, they got up early at, the, at daybreak and marched around the city in the same way seven times. And on that, on that day, they marched around the city seven times. And on the seventh time, when the priests had blown the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. The city and everything that is in it shall be under the ban that is designated to be destroyed as a form of tribute. To the Lord, only Rahab, the prostitute, and all the people who are with her in her house shall be allowed to live because she hid and protected the messenger, the scouts whom we sent. Verse 18, but as for you, keep yourselves away from the things under the ban which are to be destroyed, so that you do not covet them and take them other things under the ban for personal gain. And put the camp of Israel under the ban, doomed to destruction, and bring dis disaster upon it. Verse 19, it says, all the silver and gold uh, articles of bronze and iron are wholly consecrated to the Lord. They shall go into the treasury of the Lord. So the people shouted the battle cry, and the priests blew the, blew the trumpets. When the people heard the sound of the trumpet, they raised a great shout, and the wall of Jericho fell down. So that the son of the sons of Israel went up into the city, every man straight ahead, climbing over the rubble, and they overthrew the city. Then they utterly destroyed everything that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, oxen, sheep, and donkey with the edge of the sword. But Joshua said to the two men who had spied out the land, go into the prostitute's house and bring the woman and all that she has out of there. As you have sworn to her, so the young men, the spies, went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brothers and everything that she had. They also brought out all her relatives and allowed them to stay outside the camp of Israel. Then they completed, completely burned the city and everything that was in it. They put only the silver and the gold and the articles of bronze and iron to the treasury of the house, the tabernacle of the Lord. So Joshua spared Rahab and the, the prostitute with her father's household and everything that she had, and she was... She has lived along among Israel to this day because she hid the messengers, the scouts whom Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. Verse 26, then Joshua made them take an oath at the time saying, curse before the Lord is the man who rises up and rebuilds the city Jericho. With the loss of his firstborn, he shall lay its foundations. And with the loss of his youngest son, he shall set up its gates. Last verse, verse uh, 27. So the Lord was with Joshua. And his fame was in all the land. I know that was a lot of reading, but I, I really wanted to read this whole passage because I believe that there's some things in there that we're going to pull out of this to help us to understand this pace even more. But before I dive into it, I want to give us a little backstory. So the first chapter in Joshua, we see Joshua actually uh, becoming the head lead, that Moses has died. All the people that uh, were under Moses has passed away. Um, all the older uh, war uh, warriors have died, um, and now it's Joshua's time to reign. It's his time to lead. It's his time to, to take the people to the promised land. It's his time to direct. 
All right. And so we see Joshua, he's now in position to, to do this. And now he's getting prepared. He's getting prepared for the war at Jericho. He's getting everybody ready to go. And we have to realize that we put this in perspective that he's getting ready for war. So the things that the, the, the perspective on his, on his warrior's mind is, hey, we're going to fight. We're about to go in here. We're about to see the place. We're going to see how we get in. We're going to run inside. We're going to kill everybody. We're going to overtake and we win. Like this is their mindset. If we think about planning out a war, you plan out a war, you're thinking, what's the strategy for us to get there, get inside, overtake, win, and take the victory? What is going to be that? That's our mindset. If I took all of y'all and I said, hey, we're going from here, we're going to get there because it's a war. The first thing we're thinking about is, okay, I got to kill this many people. I'm about to have to do this. We're going to break in. Like, we're thinking about war. And so they, 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 they get to the point where uh, in Joshua 4.13, it says about 40,000 armed and equipped for war across the battle, across uh, for battle before the Lord to desert plains of Jericho. So they're thinking about war. So they get to the point where now in chapter 6, They've been thinking about this war. They've probably been playing this thing out, trying to get up, wrapped around their mind of what they're about to do. They're about to go to war. And then in chapter six, we get to the point where now God is finally giving them the plan. He's finally giving them what is going to really happen. I know y'all been thinking about what you wanted to do, how you wanted to do it. I know you've been trying to trying to fathom. Your warriors have been fathom how they're about to come in here and, and use their might, use their strength to take down Jericho, to go in and kill all these folks. Like, I know y'all been doing that, but now it's time to actually look at what, what is the plan? What is the pace that you have for us to be able to accomplish this and win this war? And so if we look at, at verse six, it opens up by saying that verse two, the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given you, given Jericho into your hands with his kings and mighty warriors. Now you shall, but before I go, before I read that, verse two, he says, Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hands with its kings and mighty warriors. So we see at the beginning of this text that when they get to Jericho, when they get to where they're about to have war at, God gives Jericho the vision, the ability to see what's going to happen at the end. He promises him victory. He assures him that what I've called you to, where you're about to go, what you're about to do, you already have victory and you haven't even stepped on ground yet. Like you haven't even got to the point where you got to fight yet. You haven't even got to the point where you have to do anything. You don't have to lift a finger yet, but I'm telling you ahead of time that victory is ahead of you. And when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about how God has given us visions. God has shown a lot of us what is to come. He has shown us where we will be. He's given us uh, 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 things that we should do. He's told us to go back to school. He's told us to do all this stuff. He showed us that we're going to be, you know, a business owner. He showed us that we're going to have this. We're going to have that. He's shown us all these things. He's shown us that we're going to be healed. He's shown us that we're going to be able to have a family. He's shown us that we'll be married, that we'll have, like, he's shown us all these things, right? He's given us what it'll look like. He's shown us the future. But the next verse after this, God starts revealing how. He reveals the how part. 
he reveals the pace that is going to have to be done to get to the future. And so let's read it. He says, verse three, now you shall march around the city, all the men of war circling the city once, and you shall do this once for every six days. Also, even priests shall carry seven trumpets made of ram's horns around ahead of the ark. Then on the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow their trumpets. Okay. When we have been talking about from, from, from chapter one to five is we're about to go to war. We're about to go in here. We're about to kill these people. You told us we're going to have this business. So you showed us we're going to make a million dollars. So I'm about to go and I'm about to do what it's about to take. I'm about to work, work, work. I'm about to do what I need to do. I know that you get giving me the plan. I know I'm about, I'm about to go to war. So I know that all I got to do is go in here to kill these people. All I got to do is just invade the place, break down the wall, break down the door, go in, kill some people, and I won. You've already told me I got the victory. But now you're telling me that instead of just going in and taking the victory, taking the win, I got to march around at your pace. I got to march around this place seven days straight, one time a day, not talking, not, not, not. Not, 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 not yelling, not do. I just gotta march around. That's your plan. That's what we about to have to do to win. And so when I got to thinking about this, I got to thinking about what must have been going through their head when God starts revealing the plan of how they're going to get the victory. And when I started thinking about that, I thought about how we may know the plan, but then. God starts to reveal how we're going to do this. He starts to reveal steps that we have to take to reach where he, want, where he wants us to be. And sometimes it just don't make sense. So God, you're telling a warrior, you're telling me, one, that's, one that is trained to go fight, one that wants to go in and, and kill someone, that, one that wants to go in and take this victory, one that wants, wants to go in and do all this, that I got to march around? I got to do this at your pace? You've given me the plan. You've told me that I'm already victorious. Why I got to march around for seven days? Like, I have to do this for seven days when you've already told me I want. Why I just can't go in and win? Why I just can't go in and do it how I want to? Why I just can't go in and do it the way that I feel I need to do it? Why I got to go at that pace? What is this saying to us? This is saying that God's plan is always going to come with his pace. That if we're going to do what God has called us to do, if we're going to be the people God has called for us to be, we can't do it in the way that we want to, but it's going to require that we do it at his pace. I'm sure Joshua was listening to this like, so you just told me we won. You told me we got the victory. But now you're giving me a rhythm of having to walk around, a pace that a pace to have to walk around these walls seven times, seven days. I have to do this to go in here and, and win. 
And so my question to you is, what are you going to do? What, what is going to be your response when he gives you the plan, but the pace don't make sense? But like, what are you going to do when he gives you the plan? He shows you what you ought to do. He shows you the future. He shows you that you're going to be a teacher. He shows you that you're going to be a lost, that you're going to be a lawyer. He shows you that you're going to run a church. He shows you that you're going to plant a church. He shows you all that you're going to have a family. He shows you all these different things. But what is going to be your response when that pace don't make sense? When he told you you're going to be a teacher, but now he's telling you that you need to go do this first. He's told you that you are going to own this business, but now he's telling you that you need to go sit up under this person at their business first. He's told you that you're going to do this and that, but now his pace is that you have to go and do this first. That you, you, you can't just go jump into it and go to this, but you have to start here. That before you can get the victory, you're going to have to walk around seven times, seven days. Even though the people, listen, even though the people are already scared of you. The first verse says, now Jericho, a fortified city with high walls, was tightly closed because of the people's fear of the sons of Israel. No one went in or came out. The people are afraid of the Israel, the Israelites. They're afraid of, of Joshua. And God has now told him that y'all already won. They're scared. Y'all already won. Like, I'm handing you over the victory. Okay, but now you're saying that I have to walk around the walls for seven days? That, that I got to go do something that don't make sense? God, that don't make sense. It, it don't make sense that I got to go back to school and I got to take some time to build my character and gain more knowledge. Like, that don't make sense that I got to go sit up under somebody else's business when you've given me the plan. You showed me how to, what it's going to look like. You showed me a picture of how it, how it looks. You showed me the building. You showed me the insides. You showed me some people that I'm going to do this with. But now you're telling me I got to start here? My question is, what do you do when you have the plan? What do you do when you know what God told you, but the pace don't make sense? What is going to be your response? Because whatever your response is, is going to equal out how you go through it and what you end up with. What is going to be your response when the pace don't make sense? What's your response? What is your response when the pace, are you going to trust God when that pace don't make sense? Is your faith going to be in him or is it going to be in you when that pace don't make sense? When he tells you, you just got, you got to lay this aside right now. I know this is what you want to focus on, but I need you to lay it down because this is what I need you to focus What are you going to do when the pace does not make sense? And so we continue looking at the text. It says that in verse four, in verse three, it says, now you shall march around the city, all the men of war circling the city once. You shall do this once each day for six days. 
Also, seven priests shall carry seven trumpets of ram's horns ahead of the ark. Then on the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times, and the priest shall bow, the priest shall blow the trumpets. Verse five, it says, when they make a long blast, the ram's horns, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall cry out with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down in its place. And the people shall go up, each man going straight ahead, climbing over the rubble. So Joshua, the son of Nun, called for the priests and said to them, take up the ark of the covenant and have seven priests carry seven trumpets made of ram's horns ahead of the ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, go ahead, march around the city and let the armed men go ahead of the ark of the Lord. And it was so that when jo Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets made of ram's horns went on before the Lord and blew the trumpets. Then the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord went behind them. The armed men went in front of the priests who blew the trumpet, and the rear guard came after the priests. While the, while the priests continued to blow the trumpets, but Joshua commanded the people, you shall not shout, nor let your voice be heard, nor let a word come out of your mouth until the day I tell you to shout. Then you shall shout. So Joshua had the Ark of the Lord taken around the city on the first day, circling it once, then they came back into the camp and spent the night. Can I give you one, the, the first point? And I'm going to tell you now, the first point, the four points that I have today are so simple, but they're going to be so important if we're going to walk at his pace, if we're going to go at his pace when it doesn't make sense. The first thing we see in this text that Joshua does after he gets the pace, after he gets the plan, after God tells him, you've won. You, I'm giving you the victory. These people are afraid. I've already planned this out. Yeah, they, you have the victory already, but you have to march around for seven days. And then on the seventh day, you can tell them to shout. But before that, you have to do this. This is your pace. And the first thing we see Joshua do is he doesn't question. He doesn't ask, well, God, are you sure? Like, you sure I'm going to march around for seven days? The first thing we do is Joshua goes from hearing it to obeying it. So the first point that, that we're going to go with today is pace requires obedience. That if you're going to go at God's pace, if you are going to be able to hear a plan, hear a pace that does not make sense, you are going to have to trust and obey. Very simple. That pace, God's pace, when it does not make sense to you, is going to require obedience. That if we are going to walk at God's pace this year, if we are going to hear a plan, hear a, a, a pace that does not make sense, we are going to have to still choose to obey. Even when it does not make sense even when it doesn't make sense in your mind. When what he's saying to you, what he's showing you, what, he, what he's placing on your heart, and you can feel it, you can feel it, that this can only be God because it's going against what I want to do. And it's looking like it's going to benefit me, but it just doesn't make sense. You are going to have to choose to still obey. The second thing that we see in this text is that, that, 
pace is going to require trust. That if we're going to choose to go at God's pace when it doesn't make sense, we're going to have to trust that he knows best. And I know a lot of times we quote uh, uh, Jeremiah, we quote, for he knows the plans, but when the plans and the pace don't make sense, are you still going to trust? That we said all the time, God knows the plans for my life, plans to prosper, not to harm, plans to give me hope in the future. But when it doesn't make sense, are you going to trust it? When the pace does not make sense, when he tells you that you have to go do this, when you thought that this would be best. When he says that you need to go to this doctor instead of doing this, what are you going to trust it? Are you going to trust his pace even when it does not make sense to you? The third thing that we see in this text is pace is going to require faith. Pace is going to require faith. If you don't have faith in what God is telling you, you are not going to do it when it does not make sense. If you don't have faith in God's character, if you don't have faith in what God is showing you, what he's telling you, when it don't make sense, you are not going to walk at it. If Joshua hears this, if he hears, so I won, they're, they're afraid of me, you're giving me the victory, but now you're saying I have to walk around this wall seven days straight, walk, when, I, when there's 40,000 warriors with me, but we have to walk around this wall seven times? So what if we're walking and they see us and they start shooting like, God, what if we're, we're doing this and they start beating us up like, you ain't thought about if Joshua does not have faith that what God is saying is going to bring him to the victory, he's not doing it. And it's the same thing for us. If we don't have faith in God that God knows best, if we don't have faith that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, if his, his ways are higher than our ways, if we don't have faith in him, we are not going to do this when it does not make sense. We're not. We're just not. When you think about your life, what have you chosen not to do because it did not make sense? And did you have faith? When God told you something that did not make sense, because this is why he was checking me, because it's something that he, he, he's putting on my heart, and I'm like, bro, that don't make sense. But the question is, who do you have faith in? Do you have faith that you know the plans? Do you have faith that your thoughts are higher? Do you have faith? Who do you have faith in? Because if you lack faith when it does not make sense, you won't, you won't go at his pace. You just won't. You're going to choose what you feel. You're going to choose what you think best. And the fourth thing. Pace is going to require commitment. That, 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 listen, they walked around one time, and the text tells us the next verse that they did this for six days. That they got in formation. He got 40,000 people. He got the priest to carry the ark of the, the covenant of the ark. He got everything together for six days just to walk around once and go back and, and rest. The text tells they did that for six days. 
And the only way that they can do that for six days, walk around one time, 40,000 warriors with the plan that we already got the victory that are coming to take over the land, that know that they have to go kill these people. They have to destroy everything that's in here. But you're telling me I have to walk around one time for six days and then go rest? The only way that they do this is if they're committed to what God has said. Pace, following God's pace when it does not make sense is going to require us to be committed. If we're not committed to God and we're not committed to his pace, we're going to do it the first couple of days. And then it's like, man, ain't no way that I'm about to have to continue to do this and it's going to end up there. God, you telling me I got to go sit up under his business for two months? No, nah, I'll do it for three weeks. Like, if we're not committed fully to what God has said, it's going to become a time where we're going to have to tell ourselves no, like, no, bro, I know it doesn't make sense, but continue to do it. Like, God knows, like, continue to do it. You're going to have to remind yourself and stay committed even when it does not make sense. Because the truth of the matter is, is each and every day, it's still not going to make sense to you. You can still trust it. You can have faith, but it still may not ever make sense to you. And if you're not committed that third, that fourth day, man, listen. Nah, man, y'all, let's just charge in and kill them now. Like, I know we're supposed to do this for seven days, but listen, it's the fourth day. Let's just go in and get it done. But no, Joshua said, no, God said for seven days, the first six were walking at once. Don't you shout. Don't you make no noise. You just walk because I'm committed to doing what God said, because I know at his pace. His plan, his purpose, what he has for me will be fulfilled. So the fourth thing is this, listen, if we're going to go at God's pace. When it does not make sense, we're going to have to be committed to what he said. We're going to have to be committed and being intentional with what he's telling us to do, even when it does not make sense. Because I guarantee you, think about this. Let's just be real. It's 40,000 warriors. 40,000. We can't even get three people to agree on the same thing sometimes. And it can make sense. It's 40,000 warriors being told that they have to walk around, they came for war. That they have to be committed to walking around a wall for seven days. And I'm pretty sure it's people in that 40,000 like, well, y'all tripping. Like, wow. On the fifth day, we, we got to walk around again? Like, and then come back home and lay down? Like, bro, we walking around again? But if they're not committed, if somebody doesn't say, hey, bro, we are committed to God's plan. We're not committed to what they said. We're not committed. I know it don't make sense to you, but we're committed to what God said. If they lose commitment to God's instruction, if they lose commitment to God's pace, they mess up God's plan. They, 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 they put themselves in a position of being disobedient. They put themselves in a position to show that they don't trust God. They put themselves in a position to show that they're not committed to what God has already told them. 
if we're going to walk at God's pace when it does not make sense, we're going to have to be committed. And if we look at the rest of this text, the text tells that for six days they did this. They walked around. They went, they went around once. They went and laid down. And on the seventh day, they get up, they walk around seven times. And Joshua tells them, shout, because the Lord has given you the land. They shout, the wall comes down. And they go in and do just as God told them to do. But if, they're, if they don't obey, this is, this is going to be a quick lesson. If they don't trust, if they don't keep the faith the whole seven days, if they don't commit it, God's put on some of your heart to fast for 21 days. He set the pace for you. He says 21 days you fast. If you don't obey, if you don't trust when your stomach starts grumbling and you get that headache and you know that you need to go get you some fries, if you don't trust that what God told you is his pace, if you don't keep the faith, even on the 20th day when you're like, bro, there's only an hour left, man, I'm about to go get some food. If you don't keep the faith in that last hour to complete the 21 days, if you aren't committed that whole 21 days, you start walking out of the pace that he set for you. He told you 21 days of fasting. He put that on your heart. So he set a pace for your next 21 days. He's laid out the plan for you, just like he told uh, 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 Joshua. He's laid out the plan. He's put on your heart to be committed to this plan. But what do you do when on day 21, on day 20, you like, bro? Well, it don't even make sense how hungry I am. It don't make sense why my, like, why my head keep hurting. It don't even make sense why, like, God, you ain't even showed me too much in this in this fast. Like, you ain't even told me too much. Like, this don't even make sense why I'm doing this for 21 days. Like, you were committed at the beginning. 21 day fast. Let's go get it at 21 days. On day 15, bro, it don't even make sense. God, you ain't even pretty much been speaking to me yet. Like, you ain't even said too much to me on this 21 days. Oh, I feel like I'm just starving. Let's be real about it. Because I didn't fast it multiple times like that. God, you ain't said nothing. I've been praying. I didn't went to you when I got hungry, when I got a headache. I, I cried out to you, and you ain't said a word. This don't make sense. It don't. We might want to make this a 15 days. Leave the six to, throw the six to the birds. Let's just do 15 and be good. But if you don't stay committed to the pace, if you don't keep faith to his pace, if you don't trust his pace, if you don't obey his pace, even when it don't make sense, you put yourself in a space to where now what you knew God said he has to do other things to work on your character, work on your discipline, work on you fully being surrendered to him to follow out the plan that he has for your life. 
Now you complaining that he putting me through the same test again. Now I got he doing this all over. It wasn't him. It was you. You got outside of his pace. You wouldn't obey. I'm talking to me. You wouldn't trust. You wouldn't have faith. You wouldn't be committed, even though he showed you what it would look like. Even though he showed you that you would have the multi-million business, even though he showed you that you would have the husband and the kids, even though he showed you that you would have the wife and the, even though he showed you that your family would be, even though he showed you you would be healed, even though he showed you all this. Listen, simple. It's, if we don't obey and we don't trust and we don't keep the faith and we don't stay committed, even when it don't make sense, we will be hurting ourselves. It ain't God. He gave us the plan. He told you you would win. He told you what you would be able to do. He, he showed you this in dreams. He gave you vision. But if you don't obey, if you don't trust, if you don't have faith, and if you don't stay committed, even when it don't make sense, it's you that has to repeat some things. It's you that have to go back and rewind and go through some more character development. It's you that has to be more disciplined. It's you. Because God told you and he showed you and he's given you the plan. That's what tripped me out about this text. It didn't make sense, but God still gave him a well-drawn-out plan. God didn't even have to give him this. He could have just told him, you won. They're scared of you, but go do it. Go ahead, do it how you want to do it. Cause some people to get killed. It might have caused some people to be hurt. It might have caused some people to have to go through things, lose faith. But he said, listen, I'm not just going to tell you what. I'm going to give you the plan to be able to go do it. Just walk around seven days. The walls don't fall. You're going to go in. The people are going to be scared. You're going to win. You're going to you kill everything, destroy everything, keep Rahab, keep everything with her, and you're good to go. You won. What do you do? I'm going to keep asking. What do we do when God tells us the vision, shows us the dream, puts us in a position, gives us the plan, and then sets the pace that don't make sense? What do we do? Because if we don't choose to do these four things, if we don't choose to obey when it don't make sense, if we don't choose to trust when it don't make sense, if we don't choose to keep the faith even when it don't make sense, if we don't choose to stay committed, even when we don't make sense. I'm reminded of a guy named Saul that did the same thing. He had the same plans. The same thing that, that God, God told him to go do the same stuff. And he disobeyed. He went against what God said. He went, killed, captured, but also kept some of the plunder that God told him to destroy. What happens to Saul? Listen, this is the cold part. You got to get this. And this wasn't even planned. You got to catch this. This is the cold part. He did not get to do all that God wanted him to do. 
but God didn't dethrone him. He still was king, but he was tortured the whole rest of his life of living in a spot that God wanted to excel and put him in high regard and give him even more to be able to do. The God's plan still was going to happen. He still was going to keep, he's still king. You still go. But now because you disobeyed, you did, you did just enough. You, you did a little bit of what I said. You went and killed them. You went and, 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 and you did, you captured, but you took the plunder and you tried to blame it on, on, on your warriors. You, you would have took some stuff that I said destroyed. Listen, all I'm trying to get across to is that this pace may not make sense. The pace that God wants us to go at, it, it may not make sense. It may not. Some of you know the vision. Some of you know what God has said. Some of you are, are making steps, doing what God has told you to do. And now he's starting to set a pace that don't make sense. He's told you to start the business, but now, like, God, you told me this was going to be a million dollar bill. You told me, like, I was going to be able to accomplish this. Like, you, you, you told me this. You want me to start here? This don't, it, it don't make sense. You told me to steward your money. You told me to save up for the house. But now you're telling me to go give half of this money to, to them? That don't make sense. You said that I'm going to have this and that, and but now you put me over here in this place? Like, I was on my way to be manager. Now you putting me down at the first spot? That don't make sense. Like, that don't make sense. But if we don't obey, if we don't trust, if we don't keep the faith, and if we don't have a commitment to God, even when it don't make sense, we start forfeiting things and he has to wait on things because of our decisions. And so listen, this is how I'm, I'm going to close this up. Um, I know this was for me too. And so really what I want to do is I really like to end every word this way because I feel like I can say everything and I can give you, I can say all the great gems and throw all some great, but if Holy Spirit don't speak to you and you don't grab what Holy Spirit wants to say to you, you will leave here with some gems that you're going to forget tomorrow. You're going to leave here with just a good message that leaves and stays here as just a good message and you go back doing what. And so this is what I'm going to ask all of us to do that. We, we sit in this moment and I'm going to give us a moment and we literally ask Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Because whatever you're saying to me is for me and it's going to help me to be able to truly get in your pace and truly grasp everything that I need to learn from right now to be able to apply to my life. And so I'm going to ask all of us to sit in this moment and truly ask Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me?
what 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 is for me out of this message because everything might not have been for you but what is it for me and so i'm going to give us some time and i want everybody to ask ourselves that question holy spirit what are you saying to me And if you're still in the moment, uh, continue to do so. Uh, but I do want to turn it back over to Jay to close us out.